This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with the returning David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jack, we got you for a three hour ride on this Tuesday morning with open phone lines for you. 312. 332-ESPN-332-3776 is our phone number. Cap is as uh, tan as me. He walked in the studio. Shay said, good morning, hoodie. <laughs> and, and made the mistake because of the tan. The Florida tan. Not the beer tan. Just a tan because the sun kissed you over the weekend. Great to be back. We just had a quick four-day excursion. How's the sun? It was awesome. 84 degrees. <laughs> oh, God. It was spectacular, spectacular, sunny, warm, great. And then we get on the plane to come back yesterday, get on the flight. My wife always sits in the window seat. I always sit in the middle because I don't want some jackaloon in between us. Otherwise, I would sit on the aisle. That's fair. Right. And my wife said, I'll sit in the middle, but I'm going to lean up against you when I fall asleep then. No, I don't want that oh you don't want her head on your shoulder it's more than that she's like draped on me so this way she's up against the window she is your wife after all you don't but you would rather her not do that correct okay so i sit in the middle i take the middle seat no big deal uh-huh. watch my movies and whatever it is and all of a sudden we're in there's the first class section and we're in coach second row so my wife's on the far right. I'm right next to her. Woman, very nice woman, physics teacher at Bennett Academy, right next to me. Mm, a, lot of, a lot of intel there. Yeah. Mm. And then a lady on the aisle in our same row. And I look over, and she's kind of slumped down like, that doesn't look good. Not sleeping? She was not. I didn't think she was sleeping. Mm. And I see the two people next to her uh, panicking. And you hear the PA go on. Do we have any medical personnel on board? Please come to the front of the plane immediately. And I'm like, medical personnel? My brother and sister-in-law are doctors. My sister-in-law is an internist, Wendy, and my brother Bruce is an eye surgeon. So I figure he's got his headset on. He doesn't hear this. Nope. They're already up and down the aisle. Here they come. And for the next two hours... They, I'm like, oh, we're going to have to land emergency landing and who knows where. Birmingham. Probably. Mm-hmm. And please let this lady be okay. And my brother's there. They bring oxygen. He's got the oxygen on her. They're testing her pulse and her blood pressure. And then uh, they did a page. They were looking for a particular kind of medicine. And the lady's going to be okay. She, they, It was super I was never prouder of my brother and sister-in-law in the moment 
because here comes the flight attendant back and forth, and she's talking to the ground. To the United was amazing. Mm-hmm. They have a medical person that she reaches out to, relays the vitals. They make the decision, do we need to land in consultation with my brother and sister-in-law? And they decide we can make it to Chicago. And then the paramedics, can, please do not get up from your seats when we land. Uh, medical personnel is coming on, and here comes the O'Hare paramedic team. And the lady is able to stand, and they guide her off. And my brother and sister-in-law get a ov- huge ovation from the whole plane. Super cool, man. Mm-hmm. And they worked on the lady for a while and took her to the hospital. But my brother checked in, and they said, she's going to be okay. Yeah. She's in some kind of irregular heart rate. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, I took my headset off, and I'm just sitting there and thought about doing play-by-play. Yeah, I was wondering when you was going to stick your beak in there. Because I know that you think that you could... You know, fly a plane and save a life and all that kind of nonsense. So I was wondering, when did you stick your beak in there? Did you did you t- get the paddles out? I saw some place the paddles work. And by the way, Kansas City, they're going to the Super Bowl. Take that. Clear. <laughs> Is that what happened? No, but what I was going to do, and I got my phone out. Oh, of course. I was going to video it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my there God. We have it. I knew yeah. your beak had to be in there somehow. Yeah. So I was going to video. You couldn't see her wow. face. Here oh. I am. Because you had the <laughs> two, two doctors around, and I was going to video it. Uh-huh. Honest to God, I took out my phone. Of course. And I was going to video and go, there's Bruce as he moves in with the oxygen. Oh Wendy taking the pulse. Now they're asking for the flight crew to come up and help. And Bruce between, between the rings, yeah. right side yeah. Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> Comes up shooting, hits it. Yeah. Knocks it down from three. From three. <laughs> and my wife's like, put your phone away. Huh? I said, hon, I'm not going to show the woman's face. I'm not going to identify who she is. I don't know her name. Yeah. Correct. You just... And then Zetterman texts me, yes, last night. Why didn't you do play-by-play? Dude, it would have been hilarious. I, hoodie, My this wife is, stopped me. This is the same yes. guy who walked by a car crash in downtown Chicago and stopped to take a video in front of him. We oh. should not be surprised. Oh, yeah. I, that's what I thought was going to happen. I just thought somehow, some way, you'd be part of the story and be able to videotape it or something. What's your name, Rosalie? All right, we're going to do a recap right here, right in front of the dead body. Here we go. Three, two, one. No, sideways. Thanks. Here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome into the recap. This lady's passed out on the floor, but Dr. Bruce getting the job done. Wendy getting the job done. Look at this. Zoom in, huh? Zoom in. There you go. <laughs> Outstanding. Brought to you by the enemy. <laughs> I mean, just, that's what I was expecting. You getting your beak in there because of the the reporter, the, the nature of your reporting skills over the years. I thought you'd be able to report on this. I was going to do like a recap. Of course. And my wife's like, put that phone away. That's private over there. I oh, said, oh God. I'm not going to show her face. It's just a way to let people know. You never know what's coming around the corner, good or bad. There may be a winning lottery ticket in your future. There may be a dirt nap. You don't know. You just want the cheap $100 so you can send it over to Fox 32. 
because the, of the video. That's how much it costs, I believe. Medical emergency on the United flight coming from Fort Myers, Florida. Oh, my God. We'll give you 200 for it. Hang on, ABC, how much? Oh, my God. Kevin Cross, NBC, I need 500. It's yours. Oh, it's the, the highest bidder to someone who could be dead right Hold there on. in the plane. TMZ's calling. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's. He's Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie, Nightcrawler. You ever seen yes, that? Yes. Running around to disasters so that he can sell the breaking news video. <laughs> it's just it's just unbelievable. I, I knew somehow, some way, he'd try to get his beak in there. I'm going to videotape this. No, no. And, and, and then Bruce Cap. Let's talk about Dr. Bruce, the eye surgeon. Where did he learn the technique? Watch an emergency? How does he know what to do in there? Well, you go through all your rotations. Yeah, he's what trained rota- in what, ro- what rotation? Well, you don't just only work on eyes as you're going through your residency. He trained at Mayo, but you go through general medicine, emergency medicine, orthopedics, everything. You do it all. No shot. Yeah. He watched Trapper John MD. That's where he learned. Wow. He he doesn't know. He just watched TV, the old shows from the 80s. And then Wendy's an internist. Yeah. Dinners with Mark File, the old Bulls trainer. That's how he knew what to do there. He doesn't know. Yeah, but he's he sprung into action. Did someone say, "Doctor, we didn't say I, sir." That's fine. I can do it. Get out of the way. And he steps right in there. Crazy. And then you. Did you get out of the seat? By the way, did you go back there with the with the corpse? No, they were right next to me. Okay. Once the lady from Bennett Academy was right next to me, and then huh? on the other side of the aisle was the uh, victim. But. The- <laughs> The, oh victim. My God. the victim, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I don't believe that's what you call her. Well, what, what would you say? The Here's patient. the victim. Okay, the patient. <laughs> Maybe patient's a better word. Victim? God almighty. she was attacked on this flight. <laughs> but I, I, I got to shout out United Airlines because their crew, I mean, right into it. And I'm watching the lady communicating over some kind of thing, machine she had in her yes. hand with the ground. Okay, doctor, what do you have again for vitals? What's the update? Here's the blood pressure. Here's the heart rate. She's not in an, she's in an irregular heart rate. I'm like, oh, boy. So, so, Jack, you know what this is, right? I mean, he's shouting out United because he's so happy he didn't have to land in Beckley, West Virginia. <laughs> that, that's what that was. <laughs> Thank God! The plane's still going! They, they, Good didn't job, him, they didn't put him down in a field in Oklahoma. He's like, Thank God. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that is. That's exactly what it is. You mean we don't have to land this bird? Good job, Bruce. Keep her alive so we can keep this thing moving. Got a show tomorrow. Take that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what that was. Ah, You can shout out the airline, but ultimately you're just happy that Bruce kept her afloat so you can be able to get off of there. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's all that is. Buddy, headphones on or off in that spot. You know me. Headphones are on. Oh, yeah. You're not interrupting my movie. I'm trying to relax. <laughs> I got a podcast to listen to. Wow. <laughs> Wait, Woj is on. Is she all right? All right. Hoops Collective. That's what I'm listening to. I'm watching the game on the TV, on the screen in the seat. Texas and Houston, it's overtime. Can you quiet down, please? My God. No, People are trying on. to relax. Put that on the poll at ESPN 1000. In an airplane emergency, are you still watching your movie, or are you concerned about the victim? We'll put that out there and see what, how that comes back. But not Cap, though, because there was an opportunity for him to be able to stick his beak in there and be able to see, you know, videotape. And again, actually rolling it to show Bruce, 
and sharing it with the family, that actually is pretty, it's pretty spot on if you could have done that. But, right. But your wife, the patron saint, told you. can't you do that. Put that phone down. You can't do that. That's <laughs> private there. I said, hon, I'm not going to show who she is. I'm just going to show how great the medical treatment was. Yeah. You get two Mayo Clinic trained doctors. Yes. Happen to be on your flight. Yes. How about that? And if her face does show on the video, you could always blur it out. You can have your editors that right. take care of the recap. They Jay can just, Moore, can you do this, can, please? Can you, can you just blur her, her big face out, her, her blue face? Yes. Could you, could you just blow? Could you just, <laughs> you just blur it out so I don't get sued? Take that. Super cool, man, to watch them in action. All right, so now what happens? Have you, uh, do you have a connection to the um, victim? Have you called over there to find out if she's okay? Bruce then. And? Bruce followed. Yeah, she's going to be all right. Okay. Okay. What's her problem, though? Is that she uh, had a bad meal on the flight? What happened there? No, she had a heart issue. She was in a regular heart rate. How old a woman is she, dude? I'm going to guess. I mean, as she was laying on the floor, how'd she look? She wasn't on the floor. She was slumped down in the seat. Um, But then they put her on the floor just to do some some medical? uh... No, they brought, uh, Bruce brought oxygen to her. They Mm -hmm. put the mask on her. Yeah. And then he treated her with, I don't know exactly what he did. I mean, you want me to break down a 2-2-1 full court press? I'm with you. Yeah. What he was doing over there, I don't really know. We need the full film breakdown. That, now I'm wishing you got the camera out so you could give us a full film breakdown of right. the emergency response. Right. I was going to absolutely, in my seat, turn in selfie style. Welcome into the recap of a medical emergency (laughs) on the United flight from Fort Myers, Florida. I'm David Kaplan. That is my wife who's not happy I'm doing it. Behind me, we have a woman slumped in her seat. David. Two medical personnel on the flight who happen to be my brother Bruce and my sister-in-law Wendy. Of course. And and doing it that loud, too, by the way, so the whole plane could just hear the whole thing. For God's sakes. It's just poor woman's just trying to relax. Will we have to land in Nashville? I'm not sure. But let this be a lesson to you. Don't drink as much caffeine as this woman apparently did. I'm dying here. That's on you, lady. A little bit less Pepsi next time. Take that. Pop's bad for you. Anyway. Think about water with a little electrolyte. Of course, that's all she needs. A dying woman needs your lecture. That's all she needs. You pointing down at her. See that right there? When you drink too much pop, you could die on a plane. Take that. Anyway. SEO level up. Terrific play. <laughs> that's just like I, I mean, that's, that's what would happen right there. Yeah. Start doing, doing plugs. It's ridiculous. But, you know, this is why your wife is going to heaven. She will be the first one. There won't be, like, um, a process. She doesn't have to wait in the office to get to. She'll just go right through the, through the gates. Right, right there. For, for stuff like that. You were married how many years to this maniac? Yeah, you're right. Right, right Come through. On. Come on in. But, but what about the, the, the paperwork? No paperwork. Just right through. Yeah. Because of what she just did she right there. She has TSA pre-checked to heaven. Yeah, absolutely. Clear. <laughs> right there. Right so, through. I tried to do a video recap. No. You know, what was going on. Because it'd be cool to send it to the family and go, look at what Brew and Wend did. Look at this. That's fine. That's fine. But but she did. But this is why Mindy is the best. Because she looks over. She sees you're going to pull your... David. 
You can't do that. That's, that's exactly a, what she said. That's exactly right. David, please. She's dying over there. I said, all right, then let me just get a picture. Oh, my <laughs> God. A selfie. Say cheese. No, I wouldn't have been in it. I was just taking a picture of them at work. You would have found. And, she, and she's like, absolutely not. No. You would have found your, your beak in there. You would have put your face in there and then sent it to the group chat. Look at this. Dying woman. Cheese. Take that. That's what you would have done. If you if you had a medical emergency on a flight, you're the patient. Yeah. Do you want or victim? Do you want, <laughs> yeah. do you want Kaplan's video so that you can look back on what was happening and the people who saved you? Here's a video reminder of the worst moment of your life. I, yeah, no, I would not want to see that. No, I would not. I I don't want to see myself troubled on video. Absolutely not. Now people can tell me the story, but I don't need the video evidence of what happened there. Absolutely not. I'm on a charter tonight to Evansville. If something, God forbid, something goes down, I hope that the players or the coaches don't videotape it. Keep watching the movie. Yeah, just keep, yes, keep head straight. Keep watching the bad movie. That's exactly right. That's, that's how I do it. I don't need anyone to know. Yeah, so. I regret listening to my wife. Oh, stop. I should have done the recap right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you did not. As you are listening to Captain J. Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. This is what you are turning. This is your first opportunity to talk about the NFC and AFC championship games. We know what the Super Bowl is now. It's going to be San Francisco against Kansas City. Um, but closer to home here in the NFC North, boy, I mean, if you're the Bears, I mean, you already have pressure to win. But the idea that you're in last place looking up at the other three teams and that two of the teams in the division had a nice long run in the playoffs, including Detroit, you have to be like, okay, game on, even more so now. Detroit losing to San Francisco, but the point is that the Lions did something uh, they haven't done since the early 90s to get to the stratosphere. So I looked at that game, and again, I wanted the Lions to win. I was excited how they were playing because I had a ticket on them to win the Super Bowl. Whether they won it or not, the buyout this week would have been significant. It was going to pay a lot of money, almost ten grand. Yeah, and the buyout going into Sunday was six hundred and fifty bucks. I'm like, and no, Mm-mm. not buying it out for six hundred and fifty. Ten thousand? No, you want to offer me eight? Okay, I'll take it. Eight grand would have been great. Yes, and then they. Blow the lead and lose. Not happy about it. So, we'll see. It's going to be Niners and Chiefs. No, 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 no. No, you don't get a chance to, you don't turn the page that quickly. No, we have to delve into this. You watch the game, the ebb and flow of the game. Every snap. And I'm watching in the first half, and I'm saying, boy, this Lions team is unafraid. They're on the road, big spot, and they're just driving it right down the San Francisco 49ers' throat. And Brock Purdy looks anemic out there in the first half. And you had that feeling, I'm sure, at, at, like I did at halftime. Wow, look at the Lions. Look at this team, unafraid. They're going to march their way to the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, who's one of the players, who was it, uh, Shay, that was waving goodbye in the first half? What C.J. Gardner. C.J. Gardner. What in the F is that? Who does that that early? Dumb. Like, with time running down, like a minute left in the fourth quarter when the game's out of reach, okay, you want to do that? I don't agree with it. You want to do that? It's fine. But you're waving goodbye like the game's over. Game was not over. So what are your, what's your emotions from the first half to the second half? So I had no problem. I would have kicked the field goal, let's be clear. And I said that at that moment. Kick the field goal. 
My brother and I are watching. We're like, take the points. We both had the Lions. We're good. He goes for it. They run a really good play. And who dropped it? Josh Reynolds? Yeah. I think it was Josh yeah, Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah. Right in his freaking hands. Yeah. Make the play. Biggest moment of your career right there. Dropped it. Okay. I did not find it an egregious decision to go for it. That's who he is, Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. The one that bothered me was down at the goal line late. You got to preserve your timeouts. Yeah. They ran David Montgomery and he got stuffed for a loss of one. Now you got to use a timeout. And so when you stop them at the end of the game, fourth down, there's one second left. Game over. That's it. They took the snap. Guy ran back, killed off one second, game over. That one bothered me. You should have had a timeout. Now, I'm not telling you they would have gone down and won the game, but they certainly had a better chance than they ended up having blowing the timeout. I love Dan Campbell. I think he's a really good football coach. I think his players love playing for him. And all the comments I listened to after the game, hey, man, we roll with Dan. He's our guy. We agree with all of it. I wish we had a guy like that. Well, let let me just talk about this a different way than I did yesterday because when we take a look at the Lions and Dan Campbell, you have to give the Lions a lot of credit for getting to this spot. We have not seen the Lions uh, on this level since Wayne Fonts was a coach, and that was years ago in the early 90s, 91. What I would say, Cap, is that I never like to to kind of hyper-focus on one thing when a football team loses, because we do this with Bears analysis all the time. We could all put it on Eberflus or put it all on Getze when he was the offensive coordinator or put it all on Justin Fields. But when you lose, you lose as a team. Now, I know that that doesn't sound sexy, and I don't care if it does or doesn't because it's a fact of life. When you lose, you lose as a team. If you don't reach your goals financially in your office in one of these big high-rises downtown, um, you lose as a group, not just one person. Correct. There's a face of it always. There's always a boss. But when you lose, you lose together. Unless it's a kicker late in the fourth quarter, you can blame the kicker. <laughs> like, you know, with the game on the line, the kicker misses the kick. Okay, blame the kicker. But ultimately, we hyper-focus on one thing. Sports television and sports radio in some ways has dumbed down the conversation to be able to boil it down to just one thing. Dan Campbell is not the reason why the Lions lost that game on Sunday. His decision-making is decision-making of a young coach that's going to make mistakes. You may like Dan Campbell because he's all in and he's got this big personality and the players are all in. But you also have to look at Dan Campbell on the other side of that coin and say, Dan Campbell, he likes to gamble. He likes to roll the dice. He likes to go all in. And by the way, if that's all you are, then you're not a complete coach. And he has to learn that. He will learn from his mistakes, not just in the regular season, but in that moment. Because for Dan Campbell, he says, I do that again. I do all those things again. He's lying to you. Because any coach evolves. If you stand still, then the life will pass you by. And so what I'm saying is, is that it's just not him. It's Jameer Gibbs' fumble, in which I give the ball to Montgomery. Not to, it's a fullback kind of play. Why doesn't Montgomery have the ball in that spot? More shorthanded, he'd hold on to the football. You give it to the rookie in that spot, he fumbles. Josh Reynolds, who you talked about, two crucial drops. That guy has been uh, a catalyst for the Lions all season as a wide receiver. Two In the worst spot, two drops. The defense that no one's talking about caved in 
You, I mean, you, you're up 17 in the defense, allowed Brock Purdy to nickel-dime, 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 run the football down their throats, and they lost the game. And then Ben Johnson, too. You know what's a hallmark of the Lions, as good as they've been? They just, they're anemic in the third quarter. I don't know what, how come they don't score enough. Look, go back through the games. Why are they so bad out of the locker room? I thought he was, it was too cute at times uh, as offensive coordinator in that game on Sunday. But they are not very good in the third quarter. So what I'm saying is, Cap, is that everyone's talking about the decision-making of, of, of uh, Dan Campbell. Can I just tell you? Like, we can disagree on some of his calls. But he's always been an aggressive coach. Okay. But you know what the best coaches are? Here's my fastball. Here's my fastball. Here's my, oh, here's my curveball. Right. Here's my slider. He will learn the curveball and the slider Correct. later on. Change speeds. Yeah, while, while he's coaching and he'll continue to coach his lines, he will find a way to be like, you know, in that spot, my gut reaction is I need more points in that situation instead of extending the time on the clock. He'll learn. Still a young coach. We forget that. He is. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good leader. His players love playing for him. It's just disappointing. If, if you're a Lions fan, you haven't been there ever. And here you had a chance to get to the Super Bowl. My family is sick, and I, as, as you well know, I have family in, in the Detroit area, Benton Harbor. There have been Lions fans forever on my mother's side. They're sick because they see the landscape of sports in that town. They're like, this is our best shot. Right. It's like around here. Correct. <laughs> Very similar, right? right? They're just looking. They're just like, man, this is our best opportunity. And I think that Dan Campbell, who not only wins on the field but also wins at the press conference as well, He's very good. You don't have to worry about him and his bedside manner at the mic. He's doing just fine, thank you. This, I thought, was very key. It's a lesson learned. And look, I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up, and uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But... Um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. It's, it does stink. What he said resonated with me a lot yesterday because he says what we would say here on the microphones or what some fans would say. Man, you only get – sometimes you only get one shot at this, Cap. And, and I believe that the Lions will be a perennial playoff team. They'll be in the playoffs next year. Will they get to this stratosphere? Probably not. As much as you and I respect golf and what Campbell has done of being all in and aggressive and the team follows suit, I mean, he told the truth right there that most 99% of the coaches wouldn't say it like he said it. Correct. You heard what he said. That's why I like him. He's super honest. He goes, I don't care who we draft or who we bring in free agency. We may not be get back here. <laughs> That's what I mean. And I know if you're an owner or a general manager, you know, if your home's like, what do you mean we're not going to be back? Because that's how the NFL works. I'm not going to, you know, uh, stamp out the opportunity for the Lions to be back here again. I'm just saying that just through, by chance, the Lions may or may not be in the NFC title game. Again, under Campbell. Just because that's the way the NFL works. 
I can make you at least one promise. They ain't going to have a 17-point lead in the NFC title game again. It's fair. You know how hard it is to go and have a 17-point lead? Yeah. It's like people thought the Falcons would be right back with Matt Ryan. Whoops. Yeah. Never got there. See? So, so I mean, again, Bears fans watching this, you can laugh at the Packers, you can laugh at the Lions, but guess what? They were able to get to the playoffs, and they made they did some damage in the playoffs. Green Bay Packers were able to go into Dallas like they weren't even there and just ran right through them. Ran right through them. The Lions in that situation, I thought, and I even I got comfortable watching it to happen. I'm like, boy, look at this Lions team. They're going to Santa Clara like it's a neutral site game. And there was their share of Lions fans there, too. But the 49ers fans were quiet. And they were beating their ass until they weren't. And Green Bay should have knocked out the 49ers. They should have. Green Bay's at home going, how did we blow that game? We should have won that game. See, this is why we will listen to all opinions. But there's some opinions that you just wipe away. It's kind of like a seminar, a 90-minute seminar. And someone says something that rings a bell with you. And then some of it you just wash away like it didn't happen. When, a, when one of our listeners or callers says that the Bears are on the same plane as the Lions and the Packers and Justin Fields is the same as the quarterbacks that they have, and you just you pretend like it didn't happen. You don't, even, you don't even take that opinion in account and just be like, okay, you don't watch football. You have no idea what you're talking about. Because we saw the best of the best right up here, right up to the Super Bowl, we know what great teams look like. You and I, we know, a lot of our fans know, but those that want to turn a blind eye to it and think the Bears are on that level, not even close. Not even close. But I think we're trending in the right direction. Sure. I really do. Sure. That's why I think they're going to look and go, all right, we got to draft this quarterback. That's what I think they're going to do. So as we talk about not just the Lions when them falling short against San Francisco and the Green Bay Packers, uh, and what they did in the playoffs, they taking a step, a big step, beating Dallas and then falling short against San Francisco. Let's ask this question. Shay, let's open the phone lines this morning. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Cap and I want to find out from you, who is the biggest threat to the Bears' long-term future? Is it the Packers or is it the Lions? It's a great question. If you had to choose one, because we're holding your feet to the fire now, you saw them in the playoffs. They're both eliminated. Now San Francisco is the... The uh, champion of the NFC. Who is the biggest threat to the Bears' long-term future? You saw it. We want to get your reaction to it, and we'll get your phone calls in here next. Shot or no shot at 8 o'clock, all part of the mix on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and J-Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot and it's brought to you by... That would be ESPN Bet. Now huh. live in Illinois, baby. Sign up to get $100 in bonus bets. That's ESPN Bet and you get 100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook Shane Orling, good morning, my friend. Good morning, boys. Cap, good to see you again. I hope you had a great time in the wonderful state of Florida. Hoodie. Oh, phenomenal. It's Tuesday. How we doing? Oh, great. Doing great. Um, I just know that 
We've got one more football game left, and that'll, and that'll be all. And that'll be all. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I sat down last night, and I felt sad. I felt empty. You like had no money like football. It already hit me that it, it's done. Football's over. Like this, I choose to pre-grieve. If you've seen Succession, you yes. know Roman when his father passes away pre-grieves. Yeah. I pre-grieve football. Once we get to Super Bowl week, I am understanding it's done. I'm I'm grieving now, and then I don't have to worry about the hangover after the Super Bowl. And also light on stories with the NFL too during this time. I mean, you get the coaching stuff. I mean, what's happening lately? Right, Be- Belichick with a job yet? Sounds like the Eagles had reached out, and he had no interest. So maybe he's going to do TV. I don't know. I just think that Saban Belichick podcast is going to be unbelievable. Those two. That's going to be great, those two. Oh, great podcast. Better have the right host. No, that is the right host. Those two. Just them going. No driver. Just I'll turn on the mic. Welcome. Uh, Nick, how are you? I mean, it's going to sound like NPR. It's just, just two guys just talking. Seriously. You don't think people listen to that? Those stories? Absolutely. Could you imagine both those guys out of football and both in a broadcasting booth or in a studio someplace? That could happen. He was really good in the setting. I watched him do tell the Lawrence Taylor story, and he said oh. uh, Lawrence would always be late to the meetings. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Coach Parcells, just so you know, uh, Lawrence was 10 minutes late to the meeting. Um, we had already you know, gotten through some of the stuff early. He said, why'd you start until he got there? Because <laughs> he he's Lawrence Taylor, you wait. That's right. That's exactly right. Bill is so engaging. When he wasn't talking about his team, he cannot stop talking about the past of the NFL. He is very smart. Yes. He, he, I mean, very engaging. You'd think he's boring. He is boring with the press. But talking about the NFL, oh, my God. He could talk about a Hallis all day. of knowledge. Jeez. All right, what do you got, Shay? All right, I want to start locally with the NBA trade deadline. Just 10 days away. Bulls guard Zach Levine not expected to return to the lineup before the deadline passes. Spent the entire season in trade rumors. Market has not materialized. But last week, there were preliminary conversations with the Detroit Pistons about Zach Levine. So shot or no shot, Levine has played his final game with the Bulls. It's seemingly a no shot. Uh, it's seemingly a shot with Zach Levine. It's seemingly a shot. I was told over the weekend that the only real suitor for uh, the Bulls is trading with the Pistons, and you're not getting Cade Cunningham or their top line guys. You're getting guys in the middle. It's ultimately going to be a salary dump if they can. Can they get like a Jaden Ivey? I that was not on the list that I was told. No. I know what you're at. You're going for young assets. Yes, good young, good assets. I need some draft capital. They're tired of having only young kids. I'll give you Zach. Um, I'm going to say no shot that he's played his last game because he can't get back on the court. If he's got one suitor, and you're asking the owner, "Hey, can we take on this hundred and forty-five million that we owe this guy?" No. It takes one dumb owner. Maybe. To be I fair, hope, I hope so. The Pistons might have the dumbest owner in all of sports. And he's done this before. He took on the poison pill of Blake Griffin just to sell tickets and put T-shirts on seats. This is not. This is an opportunity potentially to fleece one of the stupidest owners in the sport. And really in all of sports. So, I mean. Cap, I hope it happens. Cap, if you're like. Um, well, Dallas is a bad example. But if you're like the Pelicans, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you're the Pelicans or if you're the Nets. Indiana, I'll throw them in there as well. Like you can look at the asset of Zach Levine and say, 
well, he'd be a good third option for us offense because that's what he is. He's a good second or third option. He's just pressing the services as the number one option because he's on the Bulls. But you have to also wonder about Zach Levine's health. Now we've had several injuries here with Zach Levine. Correct. Are you willing to push your chips all in for a guy that's often injured now? Not only ineffective as a one, but also injured. That's something also in the back of mind, the minds of some general managers. Zach could be that key ingredient, but if he can't help you, if he's on the bench, then, then why make the deal? Why mortgage the future or a couple of good players on my roster for a guy that can't stay on the floor? That's only fair. When he's healthy, that's about 15, 16 points a game on a good team. On this team, the Bulls, what, 23, 22 points a game? So, yeah, I, I would, if I'm trying to build for a winning team, he's not my style player. He's he, he's not a winning basketball player. If you're going to put him on your team, you have to already have two or three guys that can score the ball for you. But he has to be able to be in a deferential role, and I'm not convinced he is. He's a good person, nice guy. I've interviewed him one-on-one. He's a super yeah, nice guy no to question. deal with. I just think the way he plays, if I was writing a report, I'd be like, if you want a guy to take a lot of high volume of shots... Bring him in. If you're looking for a guy who's going to lock you down defensively, plays team defense, he's okay. I got you because he's athletic. Yes. He doesn't ever dog it. He's not a dog. But you want me to be able to play connected five-man defense with that guy? No. Pass. No. But this is, uh, again, when we talked about uh, Dan Campbell, same thing with Levine. I, I don't blame Levine for the Bulls being 22 and 25. I don't blame him. I blame that front office. But let me tell you, the settlers, yeah. let me tell you exactly what's going to happen. They'll beat Toronto tonight. They've traded OG and Anobi to the Knicks. And they're tanking. And they tra- right. Mm-hmm. And they traded Siakam to Indiana. And so they'll come in here tonight, and more than likely the Bulls will beat them. Mm-hmm. And then you play Charlotte. Now you're 24 and 25. And you know what that incompetent front office that we have is going to say? Arturus and his AI creation GM, who we never hear from. I don't know if the man really exists. Mark Eversley. Well, we're close. We're right there at 500. We're close. Continuity. Because they don't want to spend in the luxury tax. They've got no balls to make an intense, hard-nosed, let's-really-go-for-it trade. So guess what? That's what you're dealing with. And you people, you lemmings, keep buying tickets and jerseys. And guess what? At some point, stick it to them where they go, all right, we got we to gotta fix this. Yeah. You get what you deserve. That's it. You get what you deserve. That's it. And I'm one of the lemmings. I, I went to the game. I spent money in this stadium. I bought Brett a Bulls jersey recently. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Shay. All right, the Bears got some attention on social media over the weekend after posting a 90-second highlight video captioned simply JF1. Many fans took this and ran with it, evidence that the Bears do not plan to make a change at quarterback this offseason. So shot or no shot, the social media video is a hint at their decision-making. That is one of the dumbest takes if someone has that. This the same crew that had the J- Jalen Johnson video out yesterday. They have different videos to highlight different players. And if you think Ryan Paul's, uh, let me just let me grab my phone here. I'm Ryan. Yeah, uh, is this a social media intern who does the videos? Hey, I'm not gonna take Caleb Williams. No one knows this. Just letting you know. Put a Justin video out. Come on, now, are we that freaking stupid? 
We cannot be that stupid. Got it, Chief. JF1. Got it. I'll type it in right now. I mean, it is literally unbelievable. This is the same crew, the Bears, who put out a QB1 when they signed Andy Dalton, and then Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy get a phone call at 9 o'clock at night. Um, You guys are not going to be happy about this, but social media put out a QB1 for Andy Dalton. What? Why would you do that? Yeah, I understand. Well, well, it's a, he's a bear until he's not. I think that's pretty clear. He's their quarterback. So he's their, he's their, he is the Chicago Bears quarterback. That has nothing to do with what's going to happen in the draft, free agency, or the regular season. So Because guess what? You still have to sell tickets on the notion that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback. No one is going to, by the way, burn their tickets and say, you bring that guy back? Okay, I'm not coming back. No, you'll go back to Soldier Field. So, I mean, listen... Here's the thing about this Bears team. The Bears don't have necessarily multiple stars that they can market. DJ Moore is one. There's up-and-coming kids on this roster. Sweat. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Sweat. And Sweat's new yep. to a lot of Bears fans, so that's not the face of the franchise yet. But the one recognizable name nationally that everyone knows is Justin Fields. Polarizing or not, questionable or not, on his way to being a great quarterback or not, he's still the face of the Chicago Bears. Go back and look up the Cliff Kingsbury quotes about Josh Rosen when he was the head coach in Arizona. Yeah, Josh Rosen was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals? He was the quarterback. Oh. In his first he drafted him a year earlier at 10. He's Josh is our quarterback. He's not going anywhere. Can we stop with this? That's what Kingsbury said. Yes. Yeah. They drafted Kyler Murray and got rid of Josh Rosen. That's exactly right. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Here? Josh Rosen's great. Just ask him. Yeah. All right. All right, Jay. All right. The Chiefs in their fourth Super Bowl in six seasons. Only the third team in history to accomplish this. I think it's actually four and five, and I fat-fingered that. If they win, they'd become the fourth team to win three in five years. They would join the 70s Steelers, 90s Cowboys, and 2010s Patriots. Shot or no shot? If the Chiefs win, they'll be the greatest of these dynasties. That's a no shot. Not the greatest of those dynasties. It's, t- it's going to even take even more. The Patriots are the best in, in my lifetime because of the amount of championships that they won. Bears had their dynasty, but it was just one championship. The Steelers had their dynasty, sure. That was what? What they win? Four? Yes. The Bradshaw Steelers? Yeah. yeah. So that, no, that's, a, that's a no shot. They're definitely going to be in that team photo. But there's going to be even more winning from that. More winning. Yeah, it's a no shot because I somebody I respect and love dearly that I see as much as I see my wife almost told me that the Ravens were one of the five greatest teams in the history of the sport. When I left here Thursday morning to go to the airport, I was told by someone whose football acumen I think is outstanding that the Baltimore Ravens are one of the five best teams in the history of the sport. To be and fair, maybe higher. Said, if, I didn't tell you that. If they win, they would go down, and they didn't. They've one of the most atrocious. They have oh. one of the most atrocious game plans I've ever watched. I will also tell you of all the poor coaching we watched in the postseason. Mike McCarthy's team choking against the Packers and getting pounded, and Dan Campbell's questionable decisions, whether you liked them or not. The worst coaching job was by John. I never met a microphone. I didn't like to tell you that I'm the greatest guy ever in quoting scripture. Harbaugh. Hold on a second now. Zay Flowers disintegrates your season. I'm not talking about the fumble. I'm talking about catches a pass way down there, 15 yards taunting. Hurts his hand. Hurts his hand punching a bench. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Clowney drilling Mahomes in the head. Vanoy. All of them. Mm-hmm. That goes right back to lack of discipline from your head coach. So I'm glad that arrogant club is out. Gone. Well, frauds. They they had a terrific regular season for sure, and it was a hell of a time for them to melt down in that spot. You're at home. You're against Kansas City, and and Patrick Mahomes. The storyline is Patrick Mahomes never you know he's never been in this situation where he's got to be able to get to the Super Bowl playing on the road in the AFC title game. And guess what? Baltimore at the worst time decided to be undisciplined at the worst time. Cap. And yes. it starts from the head coach all the way down. And guess what? The guy on the other side eating his burger and fries and stealing Mahomes' nuggies, that guy is ice water in his veins, man. Sure. And sure. he's also got Mahomes. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was horrifically bad. Mm-hmm. Can we all be in agreement, too, like for the Chiefs to not go down as one of, if not the greatest dynasty, the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career would have to be like, a car driving off of a cliff and exploding. That is that is correct. I mean, I mean, they're on their way. They're already a dynasty as we stand here today. It's going to be even greater moving forward because I will never, Cap, never, ever, ever, ever again bet against Patrick Mahomes. Can't do it. Okay, so... And, and here's why. And with all of the adversity that we've talked about around the NFL all season, where you got drop passes, skillets for hands for their wide receivers... With Travis Kelsey and what he's doing on and off the field, you know, without Eric Bieniemy, what would the offense look like? All these question marks, and all, I mean, and it started on my birthday, September seventh, with the Lions goes in there and beat Kansas City. We go, what Chiefs team is that? What happened there? Right, all that, and look where the Kansas City Chiefs are right now. They, I, I said yesterday, Cap, that this, I equate this to a March Madness team, a team that's been middling okay during the regular season, and they get hot at the right time and win some games in March Madness. Look at that. That, they haven't done that all year. That's who Kansas City was this year for me. Out of nowhere. You realize Patrick Mahomes became a starter in 2018. He's won more playoff games between 2018 and 2024 to date than the Bears have won in the modern NFL. As yeah. a franchise. Yep. It's a joke. The, he's going for his third ring earlier than Brady went for his. Like this, or at the same time. We've never seen anything like this. Never. Can't, can't bet about I mean, they're going to lose their share of games. I'll just go down and lose with them. But I'm not betting against that guy again. Can't do it. He's the, he's can't the do best. It. Can't do he it. is the best. Can't do it. Because, again, they were on the road. They were supposed to lose against Buffalo. <laughs> right. You know, like, it's one thing to wear an arrowhead because you got the crowd behind you. That's worth seven points in itself because that rabid crowd. But then the ability of Mahomes. Guy was a three-sport athlete in high school. He played basketball, football, and baseball. And he chose football, and he is making a, he's making everyone turn their heads. I mean, Brady's great, but look at what Mahomes is doing. Did you see the video Crazy. of his dad? His dad smoking a cigar, standing on the field near Taylor Swift, and Patrick's right there. And they said, oh, what kind of cigar are you smoking? He goes, it's a Lamar Jackson cigar. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Shay. All right, Sunnyside Dispensaries locally are capitalizing on the Super Bowl by selling big game buffalo wing sauce infused with THC. Shot or no shot, this is the best Super Bowl snack. Yeah, a hard pass. Oh, you don't want to get a little stoned watching the Super Bowl eating buffalo wings? No, I mean, with THC in it. 
Yeah, that that has zero interest. If I'm gonna like eat a gummy or something, not buffalo wing sauce, no. Hard pass from me. Jack, what do you think? I'm thinking no. That's a pass for me as well. Mm-hmm. He likes flour. <laughs> Jack, Jack, you're a flower guy. Long time listener and first time caller. Uh, I would say that's a no shot for me. I'm not a Buffalo Wings guy. This is not. Even with THC, there's other ways for me to be able to get a little something extra with my food. Okay, so I like wings, but I like boneless wings. Mm-hmm. I don't like having the, the wing with the bones and all that. No thanks. Well, the boneless wing cap is actually a chicken nugget. Kind of. Which is fine. Now, chicken nuggets are good. Now, I, I will, not, I, by the way, just, I don't think I, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'll just say this: I'm not anti chicken, uh, chicken nuggets. I'm right. not anti chicken nugget. Nugget. I mean, you can look at me and tell me. You can tell that I'm not anti chicken nugget. Chicken, like I don't want the breading. I like the the, the, the what are they? Flash fried with the um, buffalo wings. I like the the if I'm going to get those, they got to be the little drumsticks, mm-hmm. not the wing part. I see. Oh, you don't like the flats. No, flats way better than drums. I way like, better. I like the drums better. Now, Maddie's has a great drumstick. 50-50 has a great drumstick. Do you guys eat boneless wings with a fork or with your hands? This has been a big argument for me before. With a fork. Yeah, it's a fork food. See, I eat it with my hands. It's a finger, it's a finger food. It's a finger food. It is. You eat it with your hands. It's a wing. It's Not a if it's got the sauce right. all over it. Are you dipping them or are they covered in sauce? Covered in sauce. Yeah, no. that's a that's a fork them. food. That's a fork. You food. eat right, a, you eat bone in wings with your hands. So why not the boneless wings? Yeah, I I would do. I mean, and here's the thing: the reason why it's a finger food for me is because if the fork is too far away from me, I'm just using my hands. I'm not getting up specifically for a fork. Absolutely not. Now uh, you know what? The fork is too far away. All right, I'm using my hands. That's a finger food, especially because it's my it's it's my own sauce. I'm not double dipping the chicken in someone else's sauce. Exactly. Part of the expression. Do you like your pizza cut in squares or in triangles? I'm from Chicago. Well, you think of how you <laughs> you know how, how I eat? I eat like way, the way you eat it. We're from Chicago. We, I mean, did you have uh, pizza squares as a kid? No, you no. didn't. Detroit. You didn't I have like Jets it. pizza. Slices. Oh, no, the tavern style in squares. That's Chicago. No, I mean, I hear Sylvie say it every day. That's fine. True Chicago pizza people know it's tavern style and square cut. Yeah, no. I'll either get deep dish or I want my thin crust. I would prefer it cut in, in triangles. No, I'm not a child. I, 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 I like it how it however it comes. Well, if it's if it's square is fine. If it's just a slice, how we grew up with it with slices, fine. There's no bad pizza. There's no bad way to eat the pizza. Agreed. I mean, for me, it's it, it started with slices, right? But when, like, when you up. get like, when I get a loose thin crust, yeah. it's cut in tavern style. That's what they call, it, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, tavern style square and that's slices. Fine. I would prefer to pick up a slice. Yeah, not the little square. Yeah, but either there's no bad pizza, no. man. No, I'm either way. It, Speaking of that, guy just walked in with a pizza. <laughs> it's eight twenty. Literally walked by us right now into the ABC <laughs> building carrying a pizza. Wait a minute. What's he doing? What are you doing with he, a pizza at 820? You know what? He needs to come in here. That's what yes. he needs to do. Shay, bring him in. Wave him in. Let's Listen. go. <laughs> that, that works right now at 820. All right. Time for uh, 820 on the time. Not the, not the uh, channel. Correct. Okay. 
I'm Bill Press, and this country is going hand in hand, oh hell in the handbasket. Wow. Here's here, here, Shay Norley with Around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come, and he will This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Here from Albert Greer from Money Morning Quarterback and SI.com coming up at 8.35 around the NFL. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? I have some way too early off-season overreactions. I'm very sad to do this because there's only one more game, but it's time to start talking about the draft and other things for certain teams. I want to start with the Detroit Lions. My off-season overreaction for the Lions, they will not get back here, and they will not win the North in 2024. This was, Dan Campbell was right, this was their shot. Losing a coordinator, how'd it go for the Falcons when they lost Kyle Shanahan? How'd it go for the Eagles when they lost Shane Steichen? It just, it's brutally difficult to overcome when you lose the guy that many in the league consider the best offensive coordinator in football. He goes to be a head coach somewhere else. Your offensive line, Taylor Decker, the left tackle, getting older. I think it's very reckless to assume they'll be as healthy as they were this year. It's tough, but I don't think they'll be back. Look, it's a very tough mountain to climb to get to this level. I think they have the talent to get there. I think they have the want to to get there. But, boy, everyone's going to be loading up. Green Bay's going to be better. Quarterback will probably be better. The Bears, I think the Bears take a big step next year. I've been saying that for a long while. Picking one and nine. Whatever you do, whether you keep Justin and add a haul in the trade or more likely take Caleb Williams and add Brock Bowers or Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors, they're going to be a vastly improved team with all that cap space. So, yeah, yeah it's good. Their road and their schedule, as you pointed out earlier, all of it's going to make it tougher. It they can it, get there. Make it tougher, but they will be in the playoffs. I don't agree that they go from where they are now and then fall off the table. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that, they, again... I don't look at the Lions. I look at the NFC, and I feel like with all these chances the NFL gives you to be in the playoffs, wild cards, everything else, I think Detroit finds a way, even if they are less than from the win-loss standpoint, they'll be in the playoffs next year. Shay? Uh, I know everybody's going to love the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh and uh, to bounce right back. I don't think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs in Jim's first year. That cap sheet is scary. You got to figure out the money that's committed to Khalil Mack, to Joey Bosa. Mike Williams makes a ton of money. Keenan Allen makes a ton of money. Yeah, Justin Herbert's up. Like, there's a lot of stuff to figure out from the front office that I think this season it's just going to be a bit too much of a stretch to say they'll bounce right back to being a playoff team. Defense is getting old, and it is expensive for a unit that was not super productive. I'd like to know who's going to rebuild this. Is this going to be Jim Harbaugh, or where does Harbaugh put Horace's balls in his office as this new GM? <laughs> Correct. I'd like hey, to know. John, yeah. give me a good executive who wants to make a payday. I'll make him our GM. I'm in charge. Seriously. Like, I don't even know. Is this a Mayock situation? Like, when he was at the Raiders? Just saying. Like, that was that was John Gruden, 100%. He asked Mayock, you're a, you're a draft guru. You're the draft guru. What do you think? Right? You want to come with me? But that's... I'd like to know where Horace's balls is. 
because with Jim in there, it's what we talked about before. He wants to have full autonomy of the organization, probably has all of his say in the draft and free agency. And this is something we speculated earlier in the season, Cap, about the Chargers. We said, boy, this is going to need an undertaking, like an overhaul of young players around Justin Herbert. You got to get some of those old salaries off the books and try to reimagine this team. It's one of those strange situations with the quarterbacks in place, Yep, but the rest of it you got to fix. I mean, you've got some really good receivers. Mike Williams coming back from injury. Keenan Allen. Gerald Everett. Like, you got some really uh, Austin Eckler. That's some good players there. Boy, I've been hearing those names for a long time. Joey Bosa. Yeah. Khalil Mack. Look out. They got uh, work to do. Shay? Stephon Diggs and C.D. Lamb both find new homes. I'm going to disagree on C.D. Lamb, agree on Stephon Diggs. Why wouldn't Lamb leave? Because the Cowboys aren't going to trade him. He's in the final year of a contract. He can get tagged. He can get tagged, but can they tag him and pay Dak and pay Micah Parsons and take care of the other things they need to take care of? And he's disgruntled. He's got his mom blowing up on social media saying Dak's not the guy. I don't think that's a situation that ends happily at all. He's really, really good, man. He I, is. The, to get him would cost you. Okay, if you call them and say, well, I'm not saying they would. We'll give you one and nine. We want CD. Do you think Jerry does it? Yeah, I think that. It, it, well, no. And here's why he won't do it. Because you know what's not talked about? out loud as bold and as big as Jerry Jones name is they don't make any splashes cap they don't for a team that's talked about 80% of the time on the get up and the first things first and all these shows on TV they spend so much time talking about the Dallas Cowboys and their underachievement I mean they are able to make their signings and they do a good job of trying to sign players but where's the splash Where's the splashes okay. that they make? You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, I mean, where, there is no riverboat gambler really in Jerry Jones. Like, there's a lot of bravado, a lot of talk. Agreed. But where is the, oh, my God, look what they did to upgrade that team. Agreed. They, they do a good job drafting. They've drafted some really good players. But if you, the Bears would never do it, and I wouldn't either. But if you offered those two picks for CeeDee Lamb, well, then Jerry has to be willing to move off Dak Prescott to take Caleb Williams or yeah. Drake May or Jaden Daniels and then use the other pick to replace said receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's keeping C.D. Lamb in the final year of his deal. Maybe get him re-signed. Have a meeting of the mind. Let's clear the air. Let's all come to my boat and take a couple of days. That's what he'll do. You know what, Jack? That is a class that Mizzou should really consider. The class is called Dallas Cowboys. And not talking about the wins and losses. I'm talking about the marketing. Because that's all that yeah. is. It's a marketing machine. Hey, we're America's team. And Jerry Jones was what his yacht and his Johnny Walker Blue. and a, That's all smoke and mirrors, Cap. It is. I mean, you take the cheese because you see that roster and say, why can't they win? Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. How come a team stacked? And by the way, I might tease you about the Cowboys pick, but when you look at that roster, I'm sure you thought to yourself, they've got to be able to break through now. Look at that roster. Loaded. On both sides of the football. Loaded. But why? Why? Why can't they be able to break through? See? It, it, it's all marketing. To me, it, the, the class is called Dallas Cowboys. 
And it's a, it's a class on how to be able to fool the consumer into thinking that you're greater than you are. Than you are. That should be the class at Mizzou. If I was in college and I saw that class on the listing, that's what I'd register for. Yeah. It's, a, cool it's marketing. Class. It'd be fun. It's marketing. How does Jerry Jones do it? You do your own radio show. You have your own press conference before the coach is able to speak about a, a win or a loss. Hey, look at the big stadium that we're in. It's all smoke and mirrors until they actually knock it down and win a championship. You're right. And and they get all this time on, on ESPN radio and the TV shows. It, it's all marketing. It is. I mean, the Cubs should have been that. I mean, the Cubs are lovable losers come to Wrigley Field, all that, until, like, no, we're winners now. We're, we're trying to win. We're spending money. Hey, come on, man. All right, Shane, can you squeeze in one more before Albert Breer? Yeah, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, and Baker Mayfield, all three are going to become among the top ten highest-paid quarterbacks in football. Goff, give me the other two. Jordan Love, Love and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Do you agree with the ba- the Mayfield part of that? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be one of the top ten. I don't believe that. All he's got to do is make more than $35 million a year. <laughs> you you want to see it again? Mayfield? You think he could replicate what he did last? Uh, he was this really good, season? man. He I had think a great he's going to get 40. I really do. I, there's been a lot of reporting or rumoring around it that he could get 40 to 45. I think 40 is about right. Your face says no. Yeah, I'm going to say he does not get 40 million a year. But no. that Jordan Love absolutely gets yes. 40. That's more of the future. And Jared Goff gets 40. And both deserve it. For Baker, that would have to be on like a one or two year deal. I don't think anybody sees him as their long term solution. Yeah, you he, do, he's not getting like you could do five four for years 40. and two hundred million. I I would be surprised. All gear, a huge guarantee that would surprise. Me. Why can't Baker Mayfield be long term? He's not old. He's a former first round pick. He a couple great years in Cleveland before the injury, and now he's bounced back with a great year in Tampa. Why couldn't they view him as a long term option? I'd have to see it for another year. That's fair. But but it always comes back to this also, though, Cap. If not Mick Baker Mayfield, then whom? So, you know what I'm saying? Like right, it, and they made you, it to it, this division round of the playoffs, so they're not picking high enough. If you don't have anything better in the pipeline, then what's your other recourse? What, what's your other course of action? That's, that's the question. Panics will be on the board probably when they're drafting. Right. Because that's Kyle Trask and John Wolfram, otherwise, at this point in time. So that's the whole thing. The reason why Shea brings it up is like, okay, if you don't pay Baker or if he's not on your football team, then what are you going? You going to find another stopgap, um, you know, quarterback, a veteran, or do you go to in the draft and kind of restart? So you're telling me if they went to him and said three years, $90 million, with, with a good guarantee, $30 million a year, and you're guaranteeing 60 of it, you're telling me he doesn't sign that? I think, I mean, for him, yes, I'd sign it. Absolutely. What's Siri saying over there? Try again. <laughs> that might be bad. <laughs> All right, let's get, we got Albert coming up. So Albert Breer. So coming up next from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback. That's still to come on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show.